So welcome back to our uh, second conference for this uh, day of recollection on St. Francis de Sales, A Guide to Holiness. And at this conference, I want to focus on St. Francis de Sales' teachings on prayer, which come from the second part of the introduction to the devout life. I might mention I didn't put it on the slides that are being shared with you, but if you want some passages of the scriptures to reflect on, I might mention the following, if you have a piece of paper and a notepad, uh, a pen that you want to write these down. Um, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 24, verse 16. Acts 24, 16. 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. And 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. So suppose we begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most merciful Jesus, lover of souls, I pray thee by the agony of your most sacred heart, by the sorrows of your Immaculate Mother, cleanse in your blood the sinners of the whole world who are now in their agony and are to die this day. Saint Joseph, true spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary, pray for us and for the dying of today and tonight. Mary, my mother, I renounce myself, I give myself entirely to you, and through you to Jesus, with all that I am, all that I have, and all that I do, now and forever. May the three powers of my soul, the will, the memory, and understanding, be thine. May they always serve you. Mary, Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. St. Francis de Sales, pray for us. So uh, we uh, want to spend some time today among the many things that are found in the introduction to the devout life to the teaching of St. Francis de Sales on prayer. And of course, you have it to read if you obtain the book. And it's a very uh, beautiful thing, like many of the things that St. Francis de Sales wrote that have to be uh, processed, so to speak, by us. He came from an earlier century. He wrote in a different way, perhaps, even though uh, good translations help us to access his thought and his teaching very well. But some of the people comment about how St. Francis de Sales liked to use uh, examples from nature. He was a very learned man and knew about nature. Some of the things that he uh, took as true, you know, we've learned more in science today, but he uses a lot of animal examples and other imagery um, and that's just the, the characteristic, his way of praising God. And so um, one of the things about St. Francis de Sales is that he used to begin and end his letters and his writings with the words in Latin, vivat Jesus, which means live Jesus. Uh, I see now uh, sometimes you see some people today like the, the Supreme Knight of the Knights of Columbus uh, would use this. And what does he meant when he praised that? Well, what he meant was that he was asking the Holy Spirit to make Jesus live in our hearts. And that's the point and the purpose of the introduction to the devout life. The saint wants us to help us to understand what it means for Jesus to live and to reign in us through the mystery of sanctifying grace. Really, the spiritual life, the life of holiness, the devout life, is the work of God in us. And the spiritual life is begun in us by God, 
and sustained in us by God and brought to perfection in us by God through his grace. And so for that reason, we must always acknowledge that the spiritual life is the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of God, the Son in us, leading us home to the Father. And so we need every day, if we are to live the spiritual life, to anchor ourselves in the Lord, in the Word of God. And this is why reading the Scripture is so important, especially the Gospels, which tell us of the life and works of Jesus. And just as a reminder, the Catechism teaches, in paragraph number 2013, all Christians in any state or walk in life are called to the fullness of Christian life and to the perfection of charity. All are called to holiness. All are called to be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And all of us are called to share the good news of Jesus by word and example with others. And in order to reach this perfection, the faithful have to use what God has given us, Christ's gift to us, to do the will of the Father, keep his commandments, but also to dedicate ourselves to a life of prayer. We might ask ourselves, well, how did St. Francis de Sales learn how to pray? He would have learned from his family, certainly, from the tradition of the church, and he shows a reflection of the things that were practices in prayer in the church at the time. He would have learned from the Jesuits, and so we can see very much the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola in the life of St. Francis de Sales and in his teaching. But he took it and implemented it in his own way, and taught it to the lay faithful, to Philothea, to all of us who love God, in a way that we could adapt and use in our own way. So this devout life means to seek God's will in everything, which is not easy. How do we know what God's will is? Well, the best way to know God's will is through prayer, but there are also other things, the, the revelation that has been given to us, but also uh, a spiritual guide, our confessor, or the, the, uh, another person who helps us uh, to discern God's will. But we need to root out sin in our life. And then after we've attained some proficiency, that first conversion that is the focus of the first part of the introduction to the devout life, then St. Francis de Sales teaches us some of the tools, as it were, in growing in the spiritual life, and especially about prayer. We need to die in our affection for sin, but it's only through the prayer that we can obtain the grace to do God's will. And God will give us the grace to be faithful to do our duties of our state in life and to the crosses and challenges that come our way, but we have to pray to beg God, really, for uh, the help that we need. And so the importance of daily prayer. When we give ourselves totally to the Lord, we give him permission to speak to us through prayer as we worship him and give him praise and to give us the grace to do the work that the, would glorify his Father for the salvations of, of souls. And so I encourage you to read and read over again and meditate and chew on the teaching of St. Francis de Sales in his counsels on prayer. In fact, it's largely contained in these first chapters uh, of the second part of the introduction on the necessity of prayer, on the method of meditation, and then he goes through it step by step. And then he talks about um, instructions on meditations and 
What happens when we have dryness in prayer? Then he talks about a morning and evening exercise, and hopefully we'll have time to say some things about this uh, in our conference today. And so prayer is the way that we encounter God. We open our minds to the light of God, and we open our wills to the warmth of God's love. Um, that prayer should really be something that we do deliberately at some times, and also that prayer should fill our day, to pray always, as uh, you know, St. Paul says in the letter to the uh, Thessalonians. Um, at the very beginning, St. Francis de Sales says that one who loves God should spend an hour of prayer every day. Now, that might seem like a lot to some people. Uh, our Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane said to his disciples, can you not watch an hour with me? Uh, many of you will remember uh, the Venerable Fulton Sheen encouraged many people to make a holy hour. It can be an hour of prayer at home, or the best place, of course, is in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. But uh, it, it may be spread out at different times in the day, you know. Uh, maybe that might seem like too much for some people. Most of us are not used to praying for long stretches of time, but, you know, think about it. We usually spend a couple of hours watching a movie. We may spend uh, time socializing with friends or on social media. Um, an hour seems like a century to some people today. We're not used to that quiet and stillness. We're not used to being alone. We're not used to focusing our minds on God for that long. So as the Catechism says, pray as you can, not as you can't. <laughs> and so I would encourage you to start out with some time commitment to prayer every day if you're not doing so already. Maybe a good beginning would be 20 minutes of prayer at the outset. Um, St. Teresa of Avila in her Way of Perfection said that she struggled with uh, really praying uh, for many years until God gave her the grace to be converted. You know, there's that famous story about St. Teresa. They didn't have clocks in those days. They had an hourglass. And so as a Carmelite nun, she had an hourglass, which was basically, I think, a half, half hour that she was supposed to pray during the time that the sands ran through the, the hourglass. And she was so upset with praying that she would take the hourglass and shake it to try to make the time go faster so that she could get done with prayer and go on to talking in the parlor and the things that she liked more. And so if you feel the struggle at praying at times, you're in good company. Uh, the doc, Another doctor of the church, a doctress of the church, St. Teresa of Jesus, also struggled in prayer for a time. So... I think it's good advice to look to our spiritual guide, St. Francis de Sales, maybe to talk with our confessor or spiritual director, if you're fortunate enough to have one, uh, to come up with a program of prayer. And I would encourage you today to get out a blank piece of paper and start writing on it with regard to your commitment to prayer. You can put at the top, my commitment to prayer daily, and then partway down the page, maybe something that you would do once a week. And then further down the page, something that you would do once a month or annually, you know. And so think of your life, your state in life. Are you married? Are you single? Are you employed? Are you a student? 
whatever uh, are the things that are part of your daily life and find a time and a place where you can pray and make a commitment to a certain amount of time of prayer and say, I'm going to commit myself to try this and then try it out for a while. Don't give up too quickly if it becomes difficult. Make it reasonable, make it doable. But, uh, you know, like there's a time and a season for everything. And so uh, w as we go through life, we have to try things on for a time and see how they work before we make a change. And again, as I said, talk with your uh, spiritual director or confessor about it. Of course, then St. Francis de Sales gives us a method of prayer after talking about the necessity of prayer. Again, uh, let's refocus on that. He talks about the necessity of prayer, meaning mental prayer, prayer of the heart. Uh, vocal prayer has its place. We have vocal prayers that we pray, the prayers that we've memorized. Uh, in a way, he talks about the rosary as a vocal prayer, but it's, it's at the same time a meditative prayer, or maybe a prayer book that has helped you uh, to come to know God or to pray to God. Uh, but St. Francis really is talking about starting from what God has revealed, the Word of God, as a uh, source, as a font of prayer. And these are things that, uh, you know, are part and parcel of the lives of the saints that have helped many saints to grow in holiness. And so then, after talking about the necessity of prayer, and St. Alphonsus Liguri said it this way, he said, if you pray, you will be saved, you'll go to heaven. If you don't pray, you will be damned, you will go to hell. And so uh, I'm sure that uh, St. Francis de Sales would assent to that. He recommends an hour of prayer a day, as I said. And he said, if you're busy, then you need more prayer, not less. And so I, I think we set our sights too low today that uh, if you devote yourself to prayer, whatever time you believe in God before God is the right amount of time for you, and you really pray, I think you'll want to pray more. And it may happen that you have to pray less than you want because of your duties in state and life. If you're a father or a mother, you have to care. If you're a student, you have to study. If you're, uh, you have to work at your job or do the things that are need to be done around the house. And so uh, this uh, council then reminds us of the importance of commitment to prayer. St. Francis de Sales says, the most important prayer of our day should be, he says, before dinner. He meant the midday meal in those times. Early in the morning, when your mind is less distracted and fresher from the night's rest. And he says, don't extend it for more than an hour unless your spiritual director expressly tells you to do so. Pray in church if you can, or in another place uh, if you're not able to go to church, somewhere where you can be undistracted, uninterrupted, where it can be quiet and comfortable. And so he says, begin your prayers, whether mental or vocal, by remembering that you're in the presence of God. I had a teacher once when I was in the seminary, he used to begin every class with this simple prayer. Let us remember that we're in the presence of God. And that's the way we begin our prayer, because in fact, God is everywhere and God's love extends to all corners of the universe. And so it's very important to St. Francis de Sales that we begin our prayer by recalling that we're in God's presence because prayer is 
talking with God. Prayer is lifting up our mind and heart to God in prayer and praise. It's the conversation of a friend with another of us to our Lord and King and uh, his majesty. And so he recommends that you pray some formula prayers, perhaps the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Creed, and these uh, help us to focus our attention. But that first thing can't be stressed too much, to remember that you're in the presence of God. Because prayer is not just, you know, passing the time or checking it off on your list, but prayer is really an encounter, a relationship with God. St. Francis de Sales says the rosary can be a useful form of prayer, provided you know how to say it properly. He said, get one of those little books that teach us the way to recite it. And again, those are available today as well. Another good thing is to say the litanies of our Lord and Our Lady and the saints as vocal prayers. Uh, we used to pray together as a family. I remember when I would have friends over to the house for a night, uh, they would always come back and say, well, they pray a lot, you know, at that house, you know. So uh, to pray together with those who you live with, your spouse, your uh, family members can be a helpful thing. And then he says, during vocal prayer, if you find your heart is drawn to an interior or mental prayer, don't refuse to take it up. Let your mind turn very gently in that direction, and don't be concerned about not finishing the vocal prayers that you intended to say. You know, the mental prayer you substitute for them is more pleasing to God and more profitable to your soul. And then he says, I make the exception for those who are bound to pray the divine office. So in other words, if you sit down to pray and you use vocal prayers, and you start the Our Father in the middle, you say, you know, uh, Blessed you are who art in heaven, and you go off praying mentally about heaven. If you don't finish the Our Father, St. Francis says, that's not bad. You know, that's good prayer. If you are really focusing on the Lord and praying, you know, and, you know, so this, this is the, if we're obliged to say the prayers of the office, like priests and religious who make that commitment, some lay people pray the office, then you should finish those vocal prayers, uh, but also give time to mental prayer. St. Francis de Sales says, if it should happen that through the pressure of business or some other reason that your morning prayer is passed, your morning has passed without mental prayer, you must not let this happen if it is possible and try to prepare, repair the loss after dinner. So in other words, he says, if in the morning you don't spend time in mental prayer and prayer of the heart, you should do something after dinner. You know, say you're busy, an emergency comes up. Do something to pray. You know, uh, oftentimes if you don't pray the Liturgy of the Hours, you could still mark the passing of the day. I used to have one of those watches that would beep every hour. And you could say a prayer to God from the heart at that beep as a reminder of the presence of God through the day. Or at morning, say something in terms of a prayer. Uh, you know, maybe in place of daytime prayer for those who are not obliged to pray the three Hail Marys and an Our Father at nine o'clock noon and three o'clock could be a way. Or the Divine Mercy Chaplet has been very helpful to many people. It's a very beautiful and powerful prayer. So he says, if you miss prayer, make it up in some way. And to realize this is a real important commitment. He talks about short prayers. Um, you can pray without anybody knowing it at your workplace or as you're going about the day or shopping. You know, all those little invocations, Sacred Heart of Jesus, I put my trust in you. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for me. 
any of those beautiful prayers uh, that are included in the indulgence prayers in the Incredium of Indulgence. Okay, so he says, first of all, when you pray, make this preparation of putting yourself in the presence of God. It may be that you don't know how to pray mentally, he said to Philothea. Unfortunately, this is something that few in our time know how to do. I think it's true in our own times, too. You know, there's a lot of talk. The popes recently have encouraged Lexio Divina, which is essentially the same method of prayer as St. Francis de Sales says. And so place yourself in the presence of God, invoke his assistance. And uh, then, first of all, this lively awareness of God's presence, that you're in the presence of God. And the, the, the way that we can do this, he says, is to recall there's no place where God is not present. God is everywhere by his love. And so David's psalm says, if I go up to the heavens, oh my God, you are there. If I descend to hell, you are there. How awesome is this dwelling place, Jacob said, when he saw the ladder to heaven. This is really the dwelling place of God. And uh, also to remember God dwells within us through his sanctifying grace. And so these are ways, St. Francis de Sales also says, put yourself in God's presence, remembering that he is not only in the place where you are, but also in your heart, in the very center of your heart. He also says that think of the Lord being present to you and looking upon you. God looks down from heaven upon us as if we were talking to the Lord who is truly present to us as a friend is present to us. And then to imagine Jesus in his sacred humanity being there talking with us, that he is there conversing with us to make it very real and vivid. And then he says, uh, an invocation is made um, to show that you know that you're in God's presence. And uh, this is some sort of introductory prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, the Our Father, the Hail Mary. The next step that St. Francis de Sales gives is the uh, subject of the mystery or the meditation that we will talk about. And this is called, in the language of St. Ignatius, the composition of place. In other words, you might read a passage from the Gospel and imagine the scene that's described there. And one scene that we could talk about is the Lord who was gathered and teaching in this house, and there were so many people that when these friends brought a man who was paralyzed to the house, they didn't have a way to get into him. So they went up on the roof and made a hole in the roof. I often feel sorry for the guy whose roof got a hole in there. And they lowered the man and the mat in front of Jesus. And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And then to show that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, I say to you, pick up your mat and walk. So could you imagine yourself in the place. Imagine everything about it, the crowd of people, Jesus teaching. These men who love, you know, are example for us of intercessory prayer, carrying those who are spiritually handicapped to the Lord and lowering them down. And Jesus' words, how does he speak? Your sins are forgiven. How does he say, knowing the thoughts of those who are there, um, to show that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins, I say to you, take up your mat and walk. And the man getting up and walking through the midst of the crowd, now they make room for him to get out. See, and so this is why we can use our imagination to help us in prayer. Sometimes our imagination uh, brings about distractions or confusion to us, but it can be used as a help to prayer. 
Then he says the considerations are the second part of the meditation after we have this beginning that I've mentioned. And so uh, after the imagination has done its part, we turn to this act of the intellect at the heart that we might call meditation. And so this is when we speak to God, God speaks to us through his word, we turn it over in our mind like a cow chewing its cud, uh, drawing all that we can from it, looking at different parts and uh, the words of the passage and repeating them perhaps. And then we respond with prayer to God. And St. Francis gives great attention to the affections and resolutions in our meditation. And so um, that we, uh, after having communicated with God who speaks to us and we express our thoughts to God and our affections and dwelling on those things, that we move our heart to love the Lord and respond to him. I'm going quickly because we're running out of time, but I just wanted to say that the last step that he talks about is the conclusion and the spiritual bouquet in the language of St. Francis de Sales. So we, at, when we're coming to the end of our time of prayer, to thank God for the graces that he's given us in prayer, to make an offering of ourselves to God and a supplication by which we ask him to help us with these graces throughout the day. And then he talks about what he calls a spiritual bouquet. What is that? Well, he says that um, people who have walked about in a beautiful garden do not like to leave without gathering in their hands four or five flowers to smell and to keep for the rest of the day. So imagine you walked in a beautiful garden, there's all these beautiful flowers. You can't take them all, but you can take a few of them, hopefully with the permission of the owner or if it's your garden, and make a little bouquet and put it on your desk or your table so that throughout the day you can be reminded of that beautiful time walking in the garden. And this is what this spiritual bouquet or this uh, taking with us something from our prayer time is meant to do throughout the day, so that we can go throughout the day and recall how God spoke to us and how we responded to God's grace, so that prayer can fill our day and help us to conversion of heart, to grow in holiness and love, throughout the day. Sometimes this happens to you, you know, you attended Mass and maybe you're taking the kids to donuts after Mass or you're going home and, you know, back to your home and you remember one of the hymns that you heard at Mass and it just comes to you. Maybe you're humming it a little bit. I think that's a kind of a spiritual bouquet that quite, quite naturally happens. Sometimes it happens to us in an unpleasant way. If we have a disagreeable argument with somebody, we're thinking of those words later in the day. And that's a reminder for us to pray for that person who we've had a difficulty with, or to thank God for a good memory that we have that follows us. And so to use those to uh, let prayer fill our whole day with the awareness of God. All of us sometimes will have dryness in prayer, and St. Francis de Sales talks about this in several places in the introduction to the doubt life. In one place he says, if you experience dryness, have recourse to vocal prayer, or read a book until you feel you're entering back into prayer, and then put the book down and spend time praying mentally from the heart, about what you just read. So to have good spiritual reading, like the introduction to devout life, can be a very important thing. He says, when you wake up in the morning, first thing, 
offer yourself to God, the morning offering or some similar prayer, and spend time in the presence of God and ask him for help throughout the day and humble yourself. Make resolutions about what you're trying to do. In the evening, make an offering of gratitude and an examination of conscience. And this is the thing that I thought we might spend a little time uh, recognizing in part, the second part, the evening examine. Uh, it's chapter 11 of the second part of the devout, introduction to the devout life, because even the Greek philosophers said the unexamined life is not worth living. And so if we don't take time to examine our life, uh, we won't grow in holiness and respond to that call of holiness to God to us. Now, sometimes it can happen to people that they're very exhausted at the end of the day and it's just too hard to make an examine. If you find that happening over and over again, well, the thing that you should do is make the examine at a different part of the day, maybe after lunch or when you come home from work or some other time when you have more energy and just think of the last 24 hours instead of the day from the time you woke up until the end of the day. As to the examination of conscience, which must always be made before going to bed, everyone knows how it's performed. Well, I'm not so sure everybody does, but he says, we give thanks to God for having kept us during the past day. So we begin with gratitude. I always say you can use the fingers of your hand for your examine, and the thumb sticks out different from the other four fingers, and that's our gratitude. We begin by gratitude. The Eucharist that we celebrate each day is a prayer of thanksgiving. Jesus gave thanks to the Father and taught us to make this prayer of thanksgiving. And then we examine how we conducted ourselves throughout the whole course of each day. So the index finger is like a pointer that we use. And um, to do so more easily, we may reflect on where, with whom, and in what way we have been engaged. So we can use the different parts of the hand to reflect on what happened at these different times of the day. Who did I meet today? What happened in my day? And if we have done good, we must thank God for it. On the other hand, if we have done anything wrong in thought, word, or deed, we must ask pardon of his divine majesty with a resolution to confess it at the first opportunity and to make careful amendment for it. You know, if you're having trouble knowing what to confess, it probably means you need to do an examination of conscience every day. Because if you're examining, examining your conscience, you will have material to bring to the Lord in confession. Of course, we know we're obliged to confess all grave sins in number and kind. If it's a mortal sin, a serious matter, we know that it's serious and we do it with sufficient freedom, that breaks our friendship with God and it needs to be confessed as soon as possible. But we can also with profit confess our faults and failings. And the daily examine helps us to do that. And then fourth, he says, after this, we can recommend to God's providence our body and soul, the church, our relatives and friends. We beg Our Lady, our guardian angel, and the saints to watch over us and for us. And thus, with God's blessing, we go to take the rest that he has decreed as necessary for us. And so this can be done by the act of contrition at the end of the day or in your own words. The prayer to Mary that we mentioned, the prayer to your guardian angel. Uh, this is one of the prayers that a lot of people remember. Uh, St. Uh, John the 23rd used to say at the end of the day, uh, Lord, it's your church, I'm going to sleep. You know, <laughs> he was had a good sense of humor. And so St. Francis de Sales says that 
These spiritual exercises, morning prayer and evening prayer at the end of the day, is like um, the morning exercise opens the windows of your soul to the sun of justice. You might think of it as you draw the blinds or open the windows or turn on the air conditioner or the heater, opening yourself to God. And then at night, you close them against the shadows of hell, against the wiles of the devil and the other things that may oppress the soul. Um, and so uh, to commit yourself to that kind of morning and evening prayer. I want to mention two mistakes that are commonly found among persons, St. Francis de Sales says. One is that they measure their devotion by the consolations and satisfactions which they experience in the way of God. So that if these happen to be wanting, they think they have lost all devotion, okay? So let's say someone faithfully prays every day of the week, but only on one day do they feel good about their prayer. They have consolation. God seems to speak to them. They're filled with a peace and a joy. In the other days, it's just sheer drudgery. You know, they, they spend their time in prayer. They're trying to pray. They're disposing themselves, putting themselves in the presence of God. And they think, well, I'm not praying well. And then they give up, you know. St. Francis says that's a mistake. It's not, we don't measure our prayer based on our consolations. We measure our prayer based on our love for God and our confidence in God. And so uh, another mistake is that um, if they do anything that, that is difficult with repugnance and weariness, they believe there's no merit in it. In fact, he says, there's greater merit uh, in a single act of good that is done by sheer effort, spiritual effort amidst the darkness and dullness and without interest, it's worth more than a hundred pounds done with great facility and sweetness, since the former requires a stronger and purer love. And this is why we pray for the grace of fortitude to be committed to our prayer life. I want to close with a act of abandonment, one of the prayers of St. Francis de Sales. O oh my God, I thank you and I praise you for accomplishing your holy and all lovable will without any regard for mine. With my whole heart, in spite of my heart, do I receive this cross I fear so much. It is the cross of your choice, the cross of your love. I venerate it, not for anything in the world would I wish that it had not come since you willed it. I keep it with gratitude and with joy, as I do everything that comes from your hand. And I shall strive to carry it without letting it drag, with all the respect and affection which your works deserve. Amen.